This is New Times Radio. Theatricum Botanicum Celebrates 50 Years by Emmeline Summerton. One of Topanga Canyon's most beloved arts institutions is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. And so in this month's Lost Canyons LA column, we are celebrating the fascinating history of the Theatricum Botanicum and the extraordinary life of its founder, Will Gear, whose personal story led him from actor to activist and from blacklisted outcast to the much-loved empresario of Topanga. Will Gear was born in Frankfort, Indiana in 1902. As a child, he was fascinated with nature. His grandfather shared with him a love of botany and taught the young Gear the botanical names of all the plants near their home. After finishing high school, Gear attended the University of Chicago, where his love for nature led him to obtain a master's degree in botany. While at college, Gear also discovered a love for acting and often performed in theatrical productions on campus, igniting a passion that would dictate his career from then on. After moving to New York City to pursue acting, Gear performed in a production of Uncle Tom's Cabin at the Triangle Theatre in Greenwich Village in 1924, before moving on to an array of stage roles, both on and off Broadway. In 1928, he performed alongside famed actress Minnie Madden Fisk, whose support for labour unions had an influence on a young Gear's own developing views. Arriving in Los Angeles in 1932, Gear began to find work in the then-booming Hollywood film industry, including roles in Misleading Lady in 1932 and Spitfire in 1934. With the Great Depression raging, Gear was moved by the plight of migrant workers and others struggling to make ends meet, and became more involved in supporting labour unions and left-wing politicians, including the activist writer Upton Sinclair in his campaign for Governor of California in 1934. In 1938, Gear married actress Herta Ware, the daughter of labour organiser Ella Reeve Bloor, and the couple started a family that would soon include three children. In 1939, Gear met Woody Guthrie, who over the coming decades would become one of his closest friends. The two men were introduced by their mutual friend, Ed Robin, who at the time was the Los Angeles bureau chief for the leftist People's World newspaper. That same year, Gear and Guthrie would both star, alongside their pregnant wives, in the documentary Fight for Life, about a lack of obstetric care for poor women. They also travelled together to perform for farm workers. Gear shared recollections of that time in the book The Life, Music and Thought of Woody Guthrie by John S. Partigen. He is quoted as saying... That was the summer that Woody Guthrie and our Folksay troop of four took off for the lettuce fields of Brawley, the date orchards of Indio, and the grapeyards of Arvin and Weepatch. We played in the migratory camps, sang ballads, and did sketches. The two men went on to work together on the John Steinbeck Committee to Aid Agricultural Workers in California. Guthrie also performed alongside Lead Belly, Burl Ives and Pete Seeger at the Grapes of Wrath benefit concert that Gear organised in 1940 in aid of the Steinbeck Committee. 
During the 1940s, Gere continued to build a successful acting career alongside his political activism before achieving greater recognition in a trio of standout performances in American Western films Winchester 73, Broken Arrow and Comanche Territory, all in 1950. However, Gere's run of good luck in Hollywood came to an abrupt halt when his political activism caught the attention of Senator Joseph McCarthy's House Un-American Activities Committee and he was ordered to testify in Washington, D.C. in 1951. Refusing to answer many of the committee's questions about his political affiliations, Gere was swiftly blacklisted by the film industry. With his career now in retreat, Gere sold his Santa Monica home and moved his young family to a more remote property in Topanga Canyon. In a recent interview with Topanga New Times, Gere's daughter Ellen Gere, the longtime artistic director of the Theatricum Botanicum, said being put on the blacklist took her father's legs right from under him. My mother was smart enough to know that Pop needed to be around the earth, Gere said. So that's when we bought the house, right after being in court in Washington, D.C., and we all used that time to figure out how to become formidable performers and figure out how to survive. By the 1960s, in their new Topanga home, Gear immersed himself in his lifelong love of botany by creating a market garden to grow fruits, vegetables and herbs that the family could sell to help make ends meet. He also created a beautiful garden where he cultivated every plant mentioned in Shakespeare's plays. Meanwhile, Guthrie, who was now struggling with the effects of Huntington's disease, decided to leave his home in New York City and move to the Gears' new Topanga property in 1952. In the life, music and thought of Woody Guthrie, Guthrie is quoted on his time working alongside Gear in his garden, saying of his friend, He's the only man I know that knows the vegetables by their maiden names. When he shouts, the vegetables come a-running and jump in the stew pot. Guthrie stayed in a one-room stone hut located a hundred yards from the family's main house. During this time, the Gears began to create a thriving community of artists, folk musicians and fellow blacklisted actors, often hosting music nights and plays throughout the 1950s as part of what they called their folk say theatre. By the 1960s, the stigma of the McCarthy era and the blacklist were beginning to fade in the collective memory of Hollywood, and Gear's career began to grow again after he was cast in Advise and Consent, Otto Preminger's 1961 political drama that challenged the rules of the blacklist by casting Gear and fellow left-wing activist Burgess Meredith. Gear also began to get more theatrical work, appearing regularly at the American Shakespeare Festival in Connecticut and in a Broadway production of 110 in the Shade, for which he was nominated for a Tony Award in 1964. Gere's big TV break came in 1972 when he was cast as Zebulon Walton, the beloved grandfather on the iconic TV program The Waltons, and became an instant household name. Ellen Gere recalls what a turning point it was. It's just so funny because you go from being seen as a dark, dark character to just the apple pie of America, she said. Describing what made her father so right for the patriarch of the Waltons, Ellen Gear said that he was a real man of the earth. 
People loved him, and he always had his arms open for people, whoever they were. He just loved people, just like he loved plants, she said. He lit up like a bandbox whenever he was around plants. The success of the show enabled Gere and his family to expand their previously informal theatre into the renamed Will Gere's Theatricum Botanicum, meaning Garden Theatre, in 1973. The new theatre, nestled into the Natural Canyon Amphitheatre, grew in leaps and bounds as audiences flocked to attend regular Shakespeare performances and folk concerts with the likes of Gear's old friend Pete Seeger and Woody Guthrie's song Arlo Guthrie. After dedicating almost his entire life to the arts and to speaking up on behalf of workers and the underprivileged, Gear passed away in April 1978, surrounded by his family. His ashes were later buried at the Theatricum Botanicum in his beloved Shakespeare Garden. After Gear's death, the family decided to become a professional repertory theatre and include educational programs for local schools along with more musical events. When asked what her fondest memories were from the Theatricum's 50 years, Ellen Gear said it was the moments when the nature surrounding them interacted with the performance. When we were doing The Merchant of Venice, during the scene where Shylock is saying, I want to take a pound of his flesh, for some reason a dog escaped its owners and landed on the podium on stage, Gear recalled. Everybody stopped. The audience stopped. We stopped. It was an extraordinary moment. Will Gear Theatricum Botanicum opens its 50th anniversary summer season with two of William Shakespeare's most beloved plays, Macbeth opening June 10, helmed by artistic director Ellen Gear and starring her daughter Willow Gear, and A Midsummer Night's Dream opening the following night on June 11. To purchase tickets or to find more information about upcoming events, call 3104553723 or visit theatricum.com. This is New Times Radio.